Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook. It's the end of times. It's totally end of times. We are living in the uh, lead up to the apocalypse. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Uh, mass hysteria. Yep, it's going to be good times. Um, the fact that Andrew Dice Clay has been on Conan O'Brien recently and is on my television on Fox should tell you all that you need to know. I'm really actually kind of uh, annoyed that I didn't take those preppers more seriously. Hey, <laughs> conspiracy theory people, prepper people, they're on to something. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, you know who else is on to something? Our the fine folks over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, Radio KSCR, Geek Factor Radio, and stitcher.com. Yes. They're real they're they're smart cookies. They they are and you just mentioned cookies now I want a cookie. I I know I shouldn't have said that. Although I'm munchier that- than a Coloradan. <laughs> The ice cream that I had, though, after my 45-minute workout kind of just made me think if I eat a cookie, I'll probably die. That makes absolutely no sense. I, why bother going to the gym so if you're I, just going to... So I could eat the ice cream. I got news for you. I can eat ice cream all day. I don't need to go to a gym. That's true. I probably uh, should, but... Yeah, we'll we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have no feedback. Can someone tell us if our email's working? Because we got nothing here. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? It has been. Is anybody um, still listening to us? Well, we know that Trump is. He tweeted, um, <laughs> saying that we're just not very good anymore. Not very good anymore. And someone agreed with him. Who was that? It was Kyle. Kyle, screw you. <laughs> I thought we were friends, man thought we were friends and that's what that's what happens that is what happens you sold out you sold out man okay so into our episode and things seem a little bit more normal after the uh, porn palooza that was last week wasn't that that was a weird episode i felt weird like tweeting that and stuff Oh, what was really funny is I was listening to the episode again, because uh, I listen to all of our episodes. Every single one that comes out of our site, I listen to. doesn't matter if I'm in it or not, or if it's even this particular show or not. I listen to every single one. That one, listening to it was weird. Just the topics. It was it was a weird week. Maybe that's why there's no feedback. Maybe. They're everyone's... like, screw you, porn freak. They're all just scrubbing themselves clean in the fetal position in the shower. Yeah, that was, I don't know. Sorry about that, listeners. We warned you, though. It was going to be a weird episode. Um. So, Zoner, you don't really play Clash of Clans anymore, do you? Um. I don't. However, I still have an account. I, I, I just, I, I can't do all the games. Uh, dear listeners, I'll bet you you know where this is going. <laughs> Hashtag Hacks Honor is in effect. Now, um, yes, so Supercell, the company who makes Clash of Clans, has uh, forums where you can sign in and make different comments and whatnot and talk with people and connect with people, and they were hacked. Um, I need to clarify this. Specifically, the Supercell forums, not 
the game. So if you've never logged into the forums, if you've never created yourself an account on the forums, you're okay. Unfortunately, Zoner has. And so have I. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. So I don't know which of us is actually the Trojan horse here. It's always me, dude. I'm the target. I'm the one that they're always after. Which means if they're after you and they got my stuff, pretty soon Hack Zook is going to start becoming a thing. Probably. Probably. But yeah, they uh, got breached back in September of 2016. And uh, they said, who was it? Uh, Oh, they just released a statement that said, we're currently looking into a report that a vulnerability allowed a third party allowed third-party hackers to gain illegal access to some forum user information, including a number of emails and encrypted passwords. Our preliminary investigation suggests that the breach happened in September 2016 and has since been fixed. We take any such breaches very seriously and we follow very strict policies when it comes to security, blah, blah, blah. Game accounts have not been affected. So, if you use... The same password on the Supercell forums as you do for really anything else. It's out there. It may be encrypted, but at this point, who knows? Now, this is going to sound bad. This is going to sound horrible of me to say, but bear with me, okay? Um, A lot of Supercell's fans are not adults. Between Boom Beach, uh, Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, now they have the, uh, the YouTube series. Uh, which whose name escapes me? They're very popular with teens and preteens, and even though their terms of service say you have to be above a certain age to play, people lie all the time. Wait, what? People lie? I know, right? And parents don't care. So you have a bunch of nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds, eleven-year-olds on the games and on the forums, which means it's likely that these hackers got one million accounts for underage users. Now, here's why I'm a horrible person. I don't think that really matters much. How so? A nine-year-old doesn't link his identity online as much as an adult. Or they may do it more because they have the one account they use for everything. But what's the most someone can do with it? Access their hotmail? Is that still a thing? I mean, I, I'm guessing they don't have credit cards linked to it. They no, don't have an eBay account linked to it. But if you can get a name and if you can get a name and an email address, you can start getting into their email accounts. Again, so what are they going to get? You Notifications may, for really crappy YouTube subscriptions. You may be able to glean some information though that you can that can prove beneficial for nefarious purposes or maybe you just need the name a city you know maybe find out okay this person's from this town their mom was born or this is their mom this is her mom's maiden name uh you know and then all of a sudden you've got credit card accounts being opened up in your nine-year-old's name see and i i don't know i'm seeing this as not being that much of a treasure trove of inf- information compared to some other hacks that have come out. Definitely not compared to some other hacks, but the fact that they lost a million forum accounts, that's a big deal. That's a big breach. For the record, this is why I don't really subscribe to forums anymore. 
You know, I don't either. I don't either. I'm kind of... I, I, I spend my time on Reddit. Mm-hmm. But, for better or for worse. Yeah. Well, the, well, I can't believe some of the crap that's out there, but wow. Is it enough to make a, uh, a Microsoft employee cry? Uh, probably. I don't know. That's I the did, new yardstick. I, I, I didn't go into it, but I imagine that it would make a Microsoft employee cry probably five years after the fact. Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of crying employees, how about Apple? Because they've uh, just found the details of some malware that's been on a ton of Apple machines. Now, I my first thought when I saw this article was... But nobody writes malware for for Mac. How is this even possible? I mean, how many years have we heard that argument from Mac users? Right. It's just stable. It's, no one ever even writes stuff for it. Yeah. Nobody write, Nobody tries to write viruses for it. Nobody writes malware for it. Uh, we've debunked that numerous times on this show. But this stuff, this particular, this particular piece of malware could potentially be quite old well it's um it's malware that exploits a particular system file that develop, that uh is related to writing jpegs uh this file hasn't been updated since 1998 the malware itself has been updated repeatedly to keep up with newer versions of OS X. all the way up to yosemite so it's it's been active and it's been in use, and it's been going undetected this entire time. Yeah, this really makes me curious how long this has been out there on machines. Now they're thinking that part of the reason that it wasn't that it wasn't spotted is because it's being very specifically deployed and targeted, which has limited its exposure. Uh, but you know, we've got a lot of stories of Chinese and Russian hackers. You think that this is where this comes from? And we we know Glorious Leader loves his Mac. Indeed, indeed. Now we should say a little bit more. Uh, this is called Fruit Fly, and it was recently discovered by who is it? Malwarebytes. Mm-hmm. Somebody yep. somebody noticed a, a file that was doing some weird stuff, so they start poking around, and sure enough, oh. Look at what we found. It's malware. So this is the first Mac malware of 2017. Um, We know that it is at least dated back to 2013, but it could be older. There's still not a lot known about it. People don't know where it came from. People don't know who's using it, you know, how old it is. But it's out there, and it has been... um, been used for um targeted espionage i guess you could say people often ask me why microsoft security team is so big this is why yes this is exactly why um now something kind of funny and i can't tell if this is really honestly apple's fault but there's a new bug uh with the ios turns out if you send certain emojis you will crash their device yeah this is i i saw this i wanted to do it so badly now (laughs) the the text that you can send to people if you really want to cause them to have a bad day is a white flag emoji the digit zero and a rainbow emoji 
And what happens is, I guess, iOS tries to combine it into a rainbow flag. And even if you don't open up the text message, it will crash the messaging app and then reboot the phone. Now, this is not the first time something like this has happened. No, Android had something like this. Well, yes, but specifically iOS trying to execute something that isn't supposed to be executed. Uh, there used to be the uh, the iPhone hack site, and I forget what the URL was, but all you had to do was visit the URL from your phone, uh-huh. click on a button. It downloaded a PDF, but the first few lines of the PDF were gibberish code, and the phone tried to compile it and run it as if it were an executable, and it opened up a memory leak from which then the root access could be gained and they could exploit the phone. That's how you unlocked your phone. Yeah. You opened a PDF and this is kind of the same thing. It's this program saying, Oh, here's some incoming code. Well, I know better. So I'm going to run this. You're going to execute a text message. Yeah, this is, this is fun. And even if you're on iOS 10.2, yeah, you're affected by this. So, now, my question is, is this like a permanent crash? Like, if I send this text to somebody, is it going to destroy their phone, or is it just going to cause their phone to reboot? It says it's just going to send it to reboot, but here's what, the part I don't quite understand, and this is probably because I'm not a coder, is that even if, let's say, Zonor, you have an iPhone, okay, and I send you this message, and it hangs, and it freezes, then it reboots, Right. Yes. The message is still in your messages tab. That's that's what I'm wondering, because you've still got that message. So is it going to see that and try and compile that code again? Or is it only when it first comes in? See, and, and that is that is the question. It's like, hmm. Also, not immediately sure is that, is this happening with all SMS? Is it happening with SMS and iMessage? Is it just iMessage? Is it a problem with the message platform? Is it a problem with the client? We don't know. Yeah, kind of funny, though. It just works. I want to know how people find this. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've always wondered this. You know, are they looking in the code and they're seeing, oh, well, if if you send this combination, it's going to try and do this and that'll cause it to crash because it will fail or... Did somebody send it and they discovered by accident? That's possible. Anything's possible. It really is. So, yeah, I don't know. Kind of weird. Um, into some really, really, really stupid news. Mozilla, the company behind Firefox, sorry, the nonprofit organization behind Firefox, uh, I'm not calling them stupid because of Firefox. I'm not even calling them stupid because of what they did. They they redid their logo. See, they're trying to rebrand the entire organization. And I'm fine with that. I understand that. Firefox is actually quite old. It makes sense to rebrand. Every company does it. Yes. And I'm not even calling their new logo stupid. They've done it in such a way that Mozilla, if you spell it out, M-O-Z colon slash slash a kind of like in a URL, you know, you have HTTP colon slash slash. They've made the I L L look like a colon slash slash. Okay. I get it. 
It makes sense. It's a little bit funny to me. It's a little bit cheeky. No. What I'm calling stupid is their creative director, Tim Murray. He went on an interview with Wired Magazine, and he said, I'm sorry, I'm trying to catch myself here. Quote, because it has a portion of URL embedded in the middle of the logo, you know this must be some kind of internet company. End quote. If you don't know what Mozilla Firefox is, who cares? If you don't know what it is, then looking at a colon slash slash is not going to make you think internet company. It's going to make you think like those people don't know how to draw an eye. I agree. Or it's going to make the slash slash look like the Dodge Dart logo. (laughs) You know, when I saw that and I read that quote, I thought... I know Mozilla is a tech company. I know what they do. I did not immediately think of a URL when I saw that. And I'm a freaking geek. I know this stuff. And if me being the person that I am with my experience and my background doesn't immediately say, oh, that's a tech company when I see that. uh, Who's to say grandma is? Yeah. Look, Google, by name alone, is not immediately recognizable as a tech company. 20 years ago, if I had told you that I use Google, well, for one, 20 years ago, you wouldn't, I wouldn't have used Google, but uh, let's say. You would have used AOL in the walled garden. Um, I did use web crawler a lot. No, let's see. I first uh, came across Mozilla, sorry, uh, Google in 2000, 2001. Okay, so 16, 17 years ago. And I had told you, I use Google. You wouldn't have had a clue that was an internet company. And even if you saw the logo, you would have thought it was a coloring company. Yeah. You would have thought they made markers. You don't need to worry about your logo immediately evoking internet. Not to mention... This is freaking 2017. What isn't an internet company, Mr. Murray? Good point. This is the most 90s looking explanation and logo I have ever seen and heard. This is Homer Simpson going, oh, they have the internet on computers now. You know, that that really is. I'm looking at the logo. I think that it's a horrible logo. I, I don't find it appealing visually at all. I, I think that they could have done so much more, you know, encapsulate the Firefox brand, and I don't know. They could have done something. But I look at this, and I think, okay, they got a typo with the colon, and then why are the L's italicized? I mean, <laughs> that's my thinking. But they really should have... They really should have kind of just focused instead of this whole rebranding thing. And they've included people, or they've included the public in this process all the way through. I think we even talked about it on the show a few months ago with their different options that they had mm-hmm. uh, for different logos. But what they really need to do instead of coming up with a new logo and making, you know, these horrible decisions. How about you fix memory leaks? How about you make Firefox relevant again so that people will use it without complaints? 
Yeah. How about you make it so people don't have to rely on your logo to know that you're an internet company because they just inherently know your browser because they use it. Yes. You know, or as the old people used to call Internet Explorer, the internet. Which was also what AOL was called. The right. Internet. Okay. Get to the point where people look at your icon and say, oh, it's the internet. Yes. Now, the only reason this logo would be kind of cool is if they somehow work the DNS that you can type it in exactly how it's written into your address bar and it takes you to Firefox. That would be cool. That would be kind of cool. But yeah. Kind of like uh, when Alphabet Company was founded, it was ABC.XYZ. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like this logo at all. And Firefox really needs to, or Mozilla rather, needs to fix their memory leaks. They need to to fix the problems that they have that have been plaguing them for years, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love this. I love this. um part of the article where he says what Firefox means to me his daily experience with Firefox goes like this start Firefox open tabs browse web time passes observe that my entire system is lagging open task manager note that Firefox is using a constant five to eight percent CPU uh, roughly one core on a six core 12 thread system and 1600 to 2200 meg of RAM Kill Firefox, restore previous session. Observe Firefox now using 1 to 3% CPU and 400 to 800 mega RAM. Rinse, wash, and repeat, often multiple times a day. That was That is why I stopped using Firefox and switched over to Chrome. Mm-hmm. And that is why you switched over to Edge. Edge. Right now, my Edge is using 0.3% CPU and 72 megs of RAM. I'm scared to see what my Chrome is using. Actually, pull uh, open your task manager right now. Let's see. Uh, looks like I'm at about 9.3%. Oh, it just jumped up to 17%. Uh, back down to 8%. And 255 meg of RAM. Yeah. But That's I, not bad, actually, for Chrome. No, and I have and a and, lot of stuff open right now. And, and this Hangout is open through Chrome, so that's not even terrible. No, it, it's really not. It's really it's not. It's definitely not my now 0.3% CPU, yeah. 0.1. Yeah, Chrome ha- averages around 10% uh, of my CPU when I'm using it, so uh, take that for what it will. <laughs> hey, speaking of internet companies, Twitter... Um, a little while ago, bought a development platform. Um, let me get the actual name of it here. Its name escapes me. Uh, or is it just called oh, Fabric? Yes, Fabric. Fabric, yeah. What does it do? Well, it's a developer platform. Yeah, I don't understand these things. This is where we need Schmitty to come out of retirement. Well, and even then, I'm not even sure he'd be able to decipher this. I mean, the the corporate ease is strong with this one. It, it is, is, quote, a modular mobile platform designed to help app developers improve the stability, distribution, revenue, and identity of their products, end quote. That's a lot of buzzwords there. That's a, it increases corporate synergy. Yes. <laughs> it's like a Weird Al song. Okay, so what does it do? I'm guessing Twitter actually had no clue what it did because they've sold it to Google. And Google will merge Fabric with their Firebase development platform. Um, Fabric and Firebase operate mobile platforms with unique strengths in the market today. 
there is so much jargon and lingo and what the crap? I don't even know what this is, but apparently Twitter sold something to Google. Well, part of it is is that Google, uh, Twitter needs money, frankly. They yes. need money. Yes, they do. Um, and, and secondly, more importantly, according to Twitter, they're hoping to really enhance their core products in 2017, really focus on them. Haven't we been wondering what their core products are pretty much since they started? Well, for Twitter, their core product is Twitter. Is it not? Or what? Trump tweets. Oh, is that where the... Yeah, it's the primary uh, production. Um, That's where he bashed us, isn't it? I knew it. Yeah. But you say that, but then they wanted Vine. Then they killed Vine. Then they wanted to live stream sports games, and then that didn't quite work. Then they wanted to live stream other things, and no one wanted to get on that. And then they talked about acquiring Periscope, you remember, and then that didn't happen. Yep. We've said this before, and I'll say it again. Twitter needs to figure out that it's not a product that can sell. It's like someone trying to sell you text messaging. <laughs> the cell phone companies did a good job of that, though, for a long time. Oh, yeah, they did. Maybe Twitter should talk to them. <laughs> well, that is an idea. Ooh, ooh, I like this idea. I like this, okay? Twitter will start charging people per tweets. If you have, like, a free account, then your basic access is you can tweet up to 100 times a month. Or, or up to 50 or something, right? And from there on, you get... But you can read as many tweets as you want. But you can only contribute X amount. I'm and then cool it goes up on uh, it goes up on platforms from there. So if the Kardashians are tweeting like crazy, you know what? They're celebrities. That's fine. Let them because they're paying for it. Yeah. They're paying for the exposure. Honestly, though, do you think that would kill the platform? I do. M- maybe. I don't care. <laughs> um, if Trump wants to tweet at 6.30 a.m. and tweet an insult every minute for every waking time of his day, uh, that's fine because I know that he's going to be paying for it. In which case, he's paying for advertisement. Let him have his time. Because I'm, I'm really sick of Twitter being used as free advertisement straight into everyone's phone. Yeah, you know, I don't spend as much time on Twitter as I used to because I'm frankly kind of, I'm tired of the sponsored tweets. I'm tired of people tweeting out advertisements, pretending that it's not an advertisement, yet it really is. You know, it's just, it's, I'm kind of getting sick of the whole social media scene, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Get off our lawn. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I I don't know, I'm just kind of getting tired of it. I'm just telling you, this is a win-win-win, okay? We make celebrities pay for all their advertisement, um, and it kills Twitter. And they get money in the meantime. Before it kills them, they actually get income. Will it make the Kardashians go away? No. No. Darn. That's a shame. It's not actually going to kill people. No, but still. Oh, you mean like go away like off your phone, not like actually permanently go away. Well, they're not on my phone unless somebody else decides they need to be on my phone when they retweet them. 
Challenge accepted. You heard it, audience. Hacks oh, honor is in effect. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm going to get all sorts of new followers on Twitter just retweeting Kardashian nonsense. Indeed. I will block you all. Um, let's go into some mobile phone news. So, the Galaxy Note 7. We don't need to go into that. We all know what happened. We all know what is happening. But it turns out there's still a lot of people using the phone. I mean, we've talked about how they've pushed updates that will prevent it from charging even. How are they using the phone? I don't know. But Verizon has decided to go full on Al-Qaeda on them. No. Nix that. That comparison doesn't work. I was going a different way, and it just didn't work. Well, Sorry about that. Samsung is the one that blows them up. It's... Right, right. I, <laughs> I, You don't understand. I've been up since like 4 a.m., and I don't know why. Even though I knew what this article said and I knew where I was going with it, I was about to suggest that Verizon was going to force an explosion on all the Note 7s to get them out of the field. <laughs> Which would be effective. That would but, be? I think it'd also be a terrorist act. Um, Have it come up with a little countdown on the... It'd look like the end of the Kingsman, you know, with everyone's heads blowing up. Oh, yeah. Good times. So, no, no, Verizon will not be detonating your phone remotely. No, instead, they're going to make you pay the full price of the phone just up front. I don't like this. And there's a major reason why I don't like this. Verizon knows what the issue is with the Note 7. They are fully aware of it. And for the for that matter, all carriers are, okay? And furthermore, they know who has a Note 7 on their network. They also know who bought a Note 7, because you may have a Note 7 on their network that you didn't buy from them. Maybe you bought it unlocked. Maybe it was a gift. Who knows? Who cares? But they know that you have a Note 7. Yep. It's their responsibility to get the phone from you because unfortunately even as much as you'd like to think that this person who still has their note 7 is obviously very tech savvy to have a six inch phablet that is also the flagship from 2016 the chances are good they may not know about any of this stuff that's been happening there are phone store employees zana you were talking about it who didn't know of this happening oh yeah I forgot about that. Ask about not, the Galaxy Note Kaboom. What, is that a real phone? Yeah, not everyone is as technically savvy as us. True. We get that. True. But Verizon should get that, too. They should. If, if Verizon has not made the effort to retrieve the phone and shut off access any other way, this seems like a really douchey move. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I agree. I think that it's amazing that they have the audacity to send out a bill for the full retail price of the phone, too. It, I would think that that would go against the contract that was probably entered into at the time that the phone was purchased. We'd have to get one to see for sure. You know, you know what Verizon could even go up to doing and still be, I think, morally in the right? What's that? Brick the phone. Oh, totally. Brick it, and so when it, you turn it on, all it says is, please return this phone to Verizon for a replacement. Yes. 
I think that would be the the smarter way to go about it. I think that's how they should handle it. And apparently they're going to block outgoing calls except to 911 and to customer service. I get that. Those are the two that you'd want. You don't want someone to be in an actual emergency and they can't use the phone. No, because that's how lawsuits happen. Right. And you want them to be able to call customer service so they can get the replacement. Yes. But just, I don't know, doing little things like this just seems like really dicking the customer over. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this has been a debacle, though, I think, from the start. So I mean, Samsung. This one is not Samsung's debacle. No, this is th- fully on Verizon. Th- this is not, but just this whole thing uh, from the start with Samsung down to the various carriers, it has just been one one issue after another. And yeah, Samsung needs to get nougat out really quick to kind of appease some of these people. Well, they're actually nice segue, by the way. Um, they're actually starting that. But they're not. But they were. Sort but of. they're not. Sort of. Well, so if you're in the UK or in China and have an unlocked S7 or S7 Edge, Nougat was getting pushed to you. Then they started pushing it out to ones that were still carrier locked. Awesome. Then in China, they stopped. And they rolled it back and said, sorry, no, we're opening another beta. Yep, going to continue with the beta. They had some bugs. Which, not very surprising to me, considering the fact that China has everything so locked down. Yeah. I, I'm I, sure I, there was something that got through somewhere that the government And I'm guessing that down. this is only the China variant, because then they came out and said that if you have the unlocked version in the U.S., and only then on certain carriers, you were getting nougats. Yeah. The, um, as far as I understand it, the... Update has started rolling out in the UK and a couple other European countries. And now there were rumors that came out today that it's starting on unlocked phones in the US. Here's what I don't understand. Okay. Nougat has been out now for how many months? Six, maybe? Yeah. Is it that uh, long? Available, available to carriers, I should say. Not like out, out in the wild, but available to carriers and manufacturers for six months. Samsung has had this for that long. Once Samsung rolls it out to the carriers, the carriers then have to look over it and make sure that it works with everything there and that they can brand it. So we're looking a few more weeks, right? Yep. So my T-Mobile Galaxy S7 probably won't get Nougat, a six-month-old update, until probably sometime in February. Last night, I boot up my LG G-Pad X, a lower mid-level tablet that I got for free with a promotion through T-Mobile. It is middling all the way. Specs completely middle of the line. Screen completely middle of the line. Cheap gold black plastic cover. Oh, T-Mobile is pleased to present the upgrade to Android Nougat. This upgrade will take some time and require a restart. So my crappy free tablet got nougat last night and my 2016 flagship phone nowhere on the horizon yeah i've that is the one thing that i really miss about my nexus you say that but they haven't been getting it either no they haven't in fact people can't even 
get the Pixel from Verizon because they can't meet demand. There's too much demand for it. So, yeah, I don't know. This is... I, I, I hate to say this. Apple does it right with their updates. Yeah, I think Google's update schedule and the openness of Android is finally... I mean, we've been talking about it for years, but it is now palpably coming back to bite them. We've always said this day would come, and, and here it is. It's now. Where updates simply cannot be pushed fast enough, reliably enough, and universally enough across all devices. This was one thing when it was like, oh, hey, look, HTC released 20 different phones last year alone, and only half of them are getting the update. Yeah. Okay. I can kind of understand that. That's a hell of a lot of phones. But when you've got your flagships... When you have two phones out in the market. Yes. Well, now, to be fair, Samsung does have a bunch of their, like, Galaxy J phones and crap like that that nobody cares about. But when you've got the S7 and the S7 Edge that the majority of your people are buying... You know, they're your flagship. That's what people want. You've got to get your updates out quicker. You really well, and do. it's not just Samsung. Samsung no, is not. admittedly uh, one of the slower companies to get it out there. But even LG, who was first with Marshmallow last time, remember when they they got Marshmallow out to the G to the G four? Yeah, faster than most anyone else. The G three and the G four. I got think it. you had it before the before I did on my Nexus, if I recall. I did. Yep, I did. Um, but even they are currently behind on nougat. Yeah, I I don't know what they've got to do, but I mean the Android fragmentation—it's been an issue for years. I think it's I think it's going to become it's even hitting, more it, of. We're starting to get to a critical mass here with this. That was exactly the phrase I was about to use. Yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah. I think we're starting to reach a critical mass here where people are. People are getting angry. They want their updates. And when you're pushing out monthly security updates like Google is doing, and when all these things are being found, if you're on an operating system that's six months old and you're not even getting those month or not six months old, uh, 18 months old, and you're not even getting those monthly security patch updates, there's problems. Yeah, my last patch update was November. I think mine was December. I think I did get one in December, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Well, there is a way, actually, I could get NuGet now. And there is a way I could get the latest security updates. There's a way I could get this thing fully updated as much as I want. But it involves voiding warranties. and Right. It involves rooting it, and I lose Samsung Pay and Android Pay. Yeah. Because... And, and listeners, this is the truly ironic part. Somehow... By rooting my phone to make it more secure, it is no longer secure enough to use tap to pay. Yep. No, if I want to use tap to pay, I have to keep it unsecure by keeping it on their locked down system. Yep. It's madness. Again, end of times, people. End of Indeed. times. Um, 
Thankfully, it seems like we may not have to worry about another problem with Samsung. Uh, a, a recent rumor has come out saying that the, and I, I'm kind of getting sick of all these rumors, but we got to report on it anyway. The Galaxy S8 may not lose the headphone jack after all. Yeah, I think that they, um, I think that some actual specs leaked out on the S8, which is going to be announced in what, March, I think they're saying now? Mm-hmm. And they're going to keep the headphone jack. It was originally reported that they were going to have courage like Apple and drop it. And apparently they decided that it wasn't hot enough to drop, so they're going to keep keep it included. So. Yep. Um, now, they're, they're basing this all off of a render, but it's an official render. Yes. It's supposed to be Samsung's display unit. And it... Look, they're saying, Samsung's saying, though, this is an actual phone, but everyone else is saying this looks a lot like a render, but the render shows a telltale um, antenna bar, grill, um, there's a couple noise-canceling headphones, and a headphone jack, and oh my gosh, next to no bezel. Yeah, it's it's a pretty phone. It is a pretty phone. Quite a pretty phone. You know, I think it's interesting, though, because they point out in this article that it would have been an odd choice for Samsung to have dropped the headphone jack because that's one thing that gives it a leg up on Apple now. Yeah, they say that, but at the same time, do you remember what the original Droid had up on Apple? Removable battery. Yeah, we don't have that anymore. Yeah. I mean, there there was a lot, but still, I mean, that is one thing that you can point to. So, take it for what it's worth. Which at this point isn't much because it's like um, rumors and stuff. So, yeah. Should we talk about Pokemon? We haven't talked about Pokemon for a while. Um, Warning. Well, let's actually keep Pokemon off for a little bit. Let's go into Tesla. Because Pokemon kind of goes with the other end headlines, which are just weird. Already. On-air editing, people. <laughs> no, producing. We are producing the show here. Okay. So, uh, last year, there was a fatal crash involving a Tesla, and it came to light that the Tesla was on autopilot, where for some reason, it sped into a trailer that somehow it mistook for something. <laughs> it th- thought it was Lightning McQueen pulling in <laughs> after the race. It, it thought it f- was a fruit stand, you know? It was, it was in the middle of a high-speed chase, and it thought it was a fruit stand. It turned out it was a semi. No, uh, but for some reason, the autopilot um, failed. And suddenly, everyone is against autopilots. And suddenly, autopilots are to blame for everything wrong with uh, these newfangled cars. And self-driving is dangerous in every possible way. And to be fair... It is still in beta. It's being tested. Uh, there is no set law that says that auto-driving cars or autopilot cars are totally okay. Well, so the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration had been doing an investigation into this particular crash. And not only did they find that the autopilot wasn't at fault, they actually found that the autopilot's pretty freaking awesome. And that where autopilot is involved with Teslas, it reduces crashes by 40%. That's pretty impressive. That's incredibly impressive. And and that's due in large part to the automatic emergency braking system. Mm-hmm. Now, 
this is something that proponents of it have been saying the whole time. And it would make sense as to why. Um, but something I want to know, and I don't know if anyone has ever actually asked this question and received an answer. Is that 40% reduction based on the idea of you having an autopilot and everyone else around you driving like normal humans? Or is that just plain period overall? Because I'm interested to see what would happen if an entire highway had cars with autopilots. Would they all start just freaking out and second guessing each other or what? That would be interesting. I say it's experiment time. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, for the record, the dude who got in an accident, it was turned out he was watching Harry Potter. He like actually had the movie open in the passenger seat and was sitting there watching the movie while his car did like 80 miles an hour. Which is just stupid. That reminds me of um, when I was in high school, there were some girls who were going down uh, to St. George, I believe, St. George, Utah, uh, for spring break. And they had their parents' van or something, or one of the girls' parents' vans. And they're driving. A bunch of them are in the back seat playing because that was, you know, big van. That was how it was in the early 90s. And chick from the front comes back. She should have been driving. She had it on cruise control. She thought that the car would just drive itself down to St. George and that she could go play cards or whatever with her buddies in the back seat. That's comical. See, and my issue is, and Schmitty and I have had these talks too, I don't want autopilot, personally, because I have a tendency to fall asleep in the car if I'm not in some way paying attention. Yes. That's just me. Um, long road trips, I need something to keep me awake. I sit there and I munch on things, I sing really loudly, I roll down the window, I turn on cold air, you name it. Um, and I even do that sometimes when on my way to work or on my way home from work if I haven't gotten enough sleep. It's the same reason I don't use cruise control, because I find that the more things I take out of my control, the less attention I pay to things, and the more likely I am to start drifting and falling asleep. Yeah. Okay. That being said, I want a system that's more forgiving in case I do kind of my attention drifts. I propose an assisted mode. Okay. I play uh, the video game Forza Horizon 3, and I've played every Forza game. And there's different levels of difficulty you can do. Well, I just recently got a racing wheel to play this game, and it's suddenly very, very difficult to play. <laughs> um, it turns out that uh, racing controls with a wheel are much harder than with a little thumbstick. So I've had to go in and change the difficulty setting, and I've set the brakes to assisted and the steering to assisted which means that the game actively resists me doing something stupid with the wheel or with the pedals. <laughs> we do need that in cars. Right? Don't give me full autopilot where my hands are off and my feet are off the pedals and I can sit there and take a nap or write a book or read a book or watch a movie because otherwise I'm just sitting there staring at the road by myself falling asleep. But give me something that is more forgiving, you know, some kind of intermediary level that the autopilot is more keeping an eye on me and making sure I don't do something like drift into the back of the car next to me or make a sudden turn or not hit the brakes fast enough. I actually think that's a very good idea. Just saying. Very I good I think that idea. would be the best, the best 
compromise. You know, I just pre-ordered an Elio earlier this week. Even right, because you didn't learn anything from our last even episode. Even after last week when I said I'm done with pre-orders, I pre-ordered an Elio. Or should I say I reserved my my Elio? See, and I still think that you were an idiot. Because oh, probably, it, but maybe I can get that feature. Maybe I, if we suggest it to them, they can build something like that into my car. But see, I, I, if you were to tell me that you had donated or contributed to Elio, and as a token of gratitude, they put you on a list for eligible pre-orders, I'd say that's great. That's great because if they turn around and say, "Sorry, we're not making this car after all." After all, it's not tenable. Well, yeah, you're out the money, but it was just a donation. You know, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I, I, I'm looking at it as I gave them my money, and when I get my car, they're going to knock that off the price of the car. So, yeah. But, yeah, Elio Motors, check them out. They're freaking sweet cars, yo. When you get it. If you get it, I want to take a drive in it. Oh, totally. I'll make you sit in the back seat. <laughs> no. Because there is no front seat <laughs> other than the for the driver. Um, okay, awesome. so these next three um, headlines are kind of funny, actually. They're news of the weird. So in, in China, they've banned Pokemon Go. Because, and this makes total sense, really, they're worried about national security. That sounds dumb, until you realize that a lot of the Pokestops and gyms are centered around landmarks of certain kinds. And Ingress, which is uh, the other game that Niantic made, is the same way. And it really, you'd go and say, oh, what's that little stop over there, right? What's that portal or what's that Pokestop or what's that, what's that thing? Oh, I didn't even know this was here. Check this out. There's an interesting sculpture here in this field or there's an antenna out here or just Different things it encouraged people to go out and discover. Well, if you're a communist military state, there's probably a lot of things that you don't want your population to wander around discovering. <laughs> True. So, yeah, Pokemon Go, other AR games, I imagine Ingress is on this list. Not going to be approved on, on Chinese soil anytime soon. Oh, check it out. I discovered this uh, neighborhood uh, spy camera network that's been watching us the entire time. Oh, and my gym owns it. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Go Team Valor. Yeah. I don't know. China just seems instinct to me. Yeah, this is... I I think it's interesting because they... Somebody here, who is it? Um, Uh rights activist um, said that he doesn't think that the main fear is actually has anything to do with geographical information. He says, quote, I think for them, the key issue is large numbers of people gathering in public places. It typically doesn't end well for China. No, I mean, you've got another Tiananmen Square when that happens. So, uh, Yeah, except instead of stopping a tank, you're trying to find that elusive Mew. Yeah. He says, I, th- I think that they may be afraid of, quote, mass incidences occurring. So, could be. Make, I, with me being as distrustful of the government as I am, I'm even more distrustful of the Chinese government. So, yeah, I can totally see this as just being a way to keep people from going outside. Although, maybe it's a public health safety thing, too. 
because you can't. How are they supposed to know if you're sitting there setting up Pokestops, you know, with lures, or if you're trying to overthrow the government, you know? They have to have those tanks ready on a moment's notice. That is true, but I'm thinking like air quality. You can't go outside. People will die if they go outside. Okay, so I don't like Niantic, but if I were them, I would set the most rare, elusive Pokemon only in regions like this where it's banned. Oh, <laughs> Just to be a jerk. They probably did. They probably already have. Because they're just that douchey of a company. I actually tested this theory i loaded up a fake profile a burner profile on an emulator and i walked around mcmurdo station down in antarctica and then throughout like in the himalayas i was just kind of wandering around different tibetan cities and holy sites and the summit of mount everest no pokemon whatsoever yet your account that you used on a daily basis got banned yeah yeah the one that uh, jumped from mcmurdo station to the summit of everest never banned oh Jeez. Now, while we're talking about Asia, let's talk about Japan. I got to hand it to your people, Zook. You guys, I mean, sure, you're like bringing the robot apocalypse upon us at an alarming rate. However, you guys know how to do toilets. And apparently the Japanese toilet industry has agreed to standardize complex bidet controls because the buttons were too confusing for tourists. Well, not just tourists. I mean, you go over to your Obasan's house and that button that usually blasts your anus with water looks one way at your house, but at her house it's completely different. That's just that's just poor craftsmanship. That is true. So it's nice to know that those buttons have been standardized. But I pose the question to you. Are we not a first world country? Why am I wiping my butt with wadded up paper instead of... Like a plebeian. Instead of having nice warm water shoot up and then warm air drying it. We're not animals here, people. We need to standardize bidet installations across the country. It needs to start becoming a thing in the U.S. Because I'm sick of getting poop on my hands when I miss... Because I didn't get enough toilet paper. It's not a good thing. We need bidets. And I, I know you're joking, but seriously, the idea of bidets kind of disturbed me until I re- looked at fatbergs. And if you don't know what a fatberg is, Google it. Google it right now, wherever you are, and prepare to be disturbed. Oh, bidets geez. could save us, people. Um, our last headline, um, which is equal parts hilarious and disturbing, C- C-SPAN which no one watches because it's boring government news. Um, Zoner has a disturbed look on his face. I think he just pulled a picture of a fatberg. He's kind of sad now. The light has left his eyes. <laughs> there's also there's also at the top in the Google image search, tube effects worms. I, I, uh, oh, gosh. So anyway, C-SPAN. C-SPAN is usually just really boring coverage of our government at, in action. It's a live feed from the Senate floor or them talking about different subcommittees or investigating things. It's super boring stuff unless you're really into politics, which is why it was kind of confusing then Why, when earlier this week the live feed from C-SPAN suddenly cut out and we were watching 
a Russian TV channel called Russian Russia Today that was talking about the climate that was going to be coming up and whether that could be expected and how wonderful it is to be in Russia today. Now, this could be hilarious or it could be a taste of things to come. But I, for one, would love to welcome our new Russian overlords. And, you know, Zuckerberg does not want to welcome them. Russia Today actually got banned from posting anything on Facebook until after Trump's inauguration. So, But what about Russia Tonight? The Russia Tonight, I think they're good. So, But that's like for the after hours posting. Well, right, right. That's That's all the hottest entertainment news in Russia today. Yeah. On Russia Tonight. With with starring Mary Hartsky. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk favorites. They're they're continuing coverage of the Kardashian bollocks. Um, I I don't know if I just said bollocks on the air. You did. You did. Our favorites. Mine um, is kind of odd. So a while back, we talked about giant fighting robots. Remember the guys who made the Megabots? Yes. Yeah, and they challenged Japan. Well, they've been releasing YouTube videos regularly of their progress and what they've been doing with the Mark III and how they're getting ready for combat. And on a completely different um, vein, there's Adam Savage's YouTube channel called Tested, where he has different assistants and they do different things. And one of his assistants is Simone Gertz, or I'm probably mispronouncing her name, who has another YouTube channel. She is the queen of crappy robots. She doesn't use that word, but she makes robots to do simple things and they almost always fail hilariously. It's amazing. It's And her comedic timing with it is just great, especially when it tried to make a, a peanut butter sandwich. Well, this week you had a video that combined all three channels. See, she once made a chopping machine with actual knives that would sit there and chop up produce that you just kind of threw into it in the most haphazard Freddy Krueger kind of way. Well, to commemorate it, Mega Robots or Megabots built giant freaking knives like eight foot long knives and hooked it up to the Mark three fighting bot and invited her over to chop up stuff. So she chops up a head of cabbage and a watermelon and a cucumber and an onion and an entire oven and a hut. It's hilarious. It's terrifying. You wouldn't want to be near the thing, but it's great. It makes me happy. Yeah. She, she is entertaining. I I do like her show. So, um, my favorite is also a video this week. Uh, today, uh, they released the second trailer for Logan, which is going to be Hugh Jackman's alleged final appearance as Wolverine. Uh, going to be a rated R movie. Uh, they came out with two versions of the trailer. One is a red band trailer. You could see a lot of X-23 doing a lot of killing in that. Uh, there is some languages, couple couple F-words in it. And I thought it was interesting to hear uh, Charles Xavier drop an F-bomb on on uh, Wolverine character, which, you know, okay, not, not like I'm super sensitive to it, but I just don't picture him doing that because he's Charles Xavier. But there's some really cool things about 30 seconds into the into the red band version of the trailer. I'm not sure on the on the other one what the timing is. Uh, they start showing some comic book references and actual comic books of the X-Men's adventures. And 
really cool trailer. It's looking like it's going to be a good movie, so I'm very excited for it. So if you are an X-Men fan or a Wolverine fan or just like good movies, you might want to check it out. Excellent. All right, well, that is our show this week. Again, let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.